0: Hello and welcome to another episode of K Botak, the podcast about Korean cinema and K dramas. I'm John, and on this episode, we'll be doing it all in one take, or at least trying to make it look like we are, with a roundup of film reviews for the 2022 South Korean box office and streaming releases Special Delivery, Carter, and Kingmaker. Hey. Firstly, Special Delivery. So these are all 2022 films, so I'm not going to bother saying it for each one. But um, this is a, a crime action film. It's written and directed by Park Min, And uh, it was invited to the harbour section at the 51st International Film Festival in Rotterdam earlier this year. It earned uh, $3.46 million um, at the South Korean box office. And it stars uh, the excellent Park Sodam who was in The Priests, obviously was in Parasite, and has recently been uh, diagnosed and is fighting uh, thyroid cancer, so uh, really hoping for her to uh, pull through. She plays uh, Yunha, uh, a delivery driver. You've also got uh, Kim Yoo-sung, uh, familiar as um, the evil businessman from Train to Busan, also the, uh, the quite kindly patriarchal figure who runs the... Taxi company in Taxi Driver last year. He was also in Rampant, another zombie show. He plays Bek Sajang. He's president for Bek Gang Industries, which is the, um, the kind of the delivery company that Yun Ha is working for. You've got Yun Jin as uh, the client that kind of sets them on the the instigating mission uh, in the show. do Shi. And uh, notably, Han Hyunmin Min as Asif, um, a, a vehicle repair expert. And uh, uh, I mentioned Han hyun He's kind of one of the, the buddies for uh, Park Sadam's character. Um, he's also uh, a very famous uh, model uh, at present in South Korea and has mostly been on reality TV shows, um, various advertising campaigns. Um, he's mixed race. He has a Nigerian father and a Korean mother and has spoken quite openly about some of the, the discrimination he's faced um, growing up uh, uh, mixed. Park Sadam uh, was nominated for Best Actress at the 58th Beksang Arts Awards. She is very good in this. So the premise is that she has this perfect record for deliveries and it's, um as the title would suggest, special deliveries. Um, she has to... Uh, drop off, collect, transport uh, things that, you know, a normal taxi company won't touch because of the liability. And to demonstrate this, it gives you this absolutely amazing opening 20 minutes where she's doing all this death defying driving. She's uh, you know, taking these goons from point to point at first, they're like, oh, it's a woman driver. She's not going to be very good. And by the end, they're, they're offering her a job. It's It has like such an 80s movie vibe where, you know, there's there's all this cool kind of vaporwave music playing. She gets out. She's like slapping hands with uh, Asif and all the other folks at, at the repair yard where they all work. Um, and it's just like it, it's got absolutely bags of attitude. And all these great driving scenes as well. I mean, I, I don't really look for car chases in movies, but um, this one has some, some absolute beasts of driving scenes and um, just very, very cleverly directed and, uh, and edited together. And yeah, terrific music and vibe. Park Sedan is is perfect for, I'm going to say this version uh, of this character. Because um, I think even in Parasite, she has this kind of like effortless coolness um, that's uh, a little bit kind of, aloof and uh, I, I think it was a good idea to like explore that side of, uh, a, of a character for her but they should have showed more introductory jobs the whole idea of the movie is that uh, her next job is going to be this kid who she's got to rescue and, and take from place to place this is Dushik the special client um, is uh, is the father of this kid the kid is so on and as soon as the kid is, is introduced the pace hits a wall and it becomes man from nowhere which is obviously an amazing film, brilliant film, but has over the past 10 years, uh, you know, been a little bit done to death. Um, There's been lots of the, you know, looking after a kid, assassin looking after a kid, badass looking after a kid type movies. And I like the idea of a twist with a female protagonist instead, but it's still a lot less fun than the movie that the poster promises and the trailer promises and the, the opening sort of 20 minutes promises. Like, I, I just wanted a movie about Park Saddam, like, driving around in fast cars, getting away with crazy stuff while electronic music is blaring. And uh, I got that for 20 minutes, but, um, you know, sadly, it wasn't enough. It, it also gets too caught up in mob drama, which, you know, we we see a lot of that as well. Uh, that's also a lot less unique than, than how this movie starts. And honestly, it gets way too violent. And it may surprise you hearing that coming from a, a podcast where I'm constantly talking about... You know, very graphic movies, but for something that started out so fun, the the zippy fun atmosphere is totally gone by the third act, and you've got all these graphic deaths, and it gets generally quite grim. And I thought that actually the tonal shift, you know, unlike *A Parasite*, where it's it's to a point, unlike you know a lot of South Korean movies which which do this very well, actually kind of um, it just sucked the the fun out of the movie um, and became something that we'd we'd seen before, but. It, now you're seeing characters that were really really likable um and uh, really funny, just just getting killed in horrible ways and <laughs> just wasn't really here for it to be honest um, so I was a bit disappointed by that, but I think you know it's a short movie it's about an hour and forty minutes um worth seeing you know for the for the bits that are good and that are fun but uh if they could take another swing at this you know if there's gonna be a sequel i think it should be more about what it said it was going to be about so yeah special delivery next up carter this is the netflix one this is an action thriller directed by chung pyung-gil starring chu won as carter lee aka michael bane i think he has another name at some point as well and the only other actor i'm, I'm going to mention there's there's some pretty good actors in, in this but um, it's basically all about chu won's performance as carter But it also features later on an actress called Camilla Bell, who might not ring a bell, but uh, if you grew up uh, around the same time I did, and you watched Lost World Jurassic Park and had it on a VHS in the mid-90s, and you remember there was a little girl on a beach who was being chased by Compsognathus, Camilla Bell is that kid, now grown up, uh, acting. And uh, apparently she's had a bit of a career going on, but I totally passed me by, and I somehow recognized her, and I looked up on Letterboxd, and um, yeah, that's that's where I knew her from. Um, so uh, she is uh, she is in this movie as um, one of the uh, American agents that Carter deals with. So that was a fun little Easter egg for me. However, Carter, the movie, so you may have seen uh, The Villainess. Um, if not, you absolutely should see it. It is really frenetic, uh, but tightly made action film starring Kim Ockvin. Kim Ockvin's Presence obviously uh, puts it up a couple of points already. It has uh, some just some of the absolutely most astonishing action scenes that you can possibly see. It has this uh, opening section which is all kind of as if it's first person, going up and down this building and uh, taking out you know one goon after another. It looks like somebody playing uh, Dishonored Two or, or some kind of um, high octane first person game, uh, you know, but at a high skill level. It's absolutely astonishing. There's a there's a fight scene on a bus which I think they kind of tried to um, do a version of for that um, that film, Nobody, last year with Bob Odenkirk. There is a famous motorcycle chase fight scene that um, the makers of John Wick 3 uh, have said openly you know, was an inspiration for them. The Villainess is, is like this amazing film. I would say a must-watch. I don't know if Carter is a must-watch, uh, even though I love it to bits, and I'm going to get into that. So Carter is about a bloke who wakes up with no memories, uh, there's a voice in his ear in his ear, telling him that he has a bomb in his mouth with a ten meter radius that is going to go off if he doesn't do what he's told. He uh, is guided into this bathhouse. He's wearing like undies and nothing else, uh, where there are about a hundred naked gangsters just enjoying a steam. And uh, this kicks off one of the most tightly choreographed, while also being hilarious opening fight sequences of any movie and I was just all the way in immediately this starts off with a just a a massive nude fracas the kind of the lack of dignity of what's going on combined with the incredibly proficient fighting is uh, just an absolute joy and uh, Carter starts as it means to go on I mean this movie is all about the action set pieces so as this guy goes through this kind of um a very video gamey sequence of trying to find out who he is why he's doing what he's doing why these people are after him and making him do stuff um it's just very fast very physical uh, it's amazingly well choreographed and and just like super intense there's car chases um there's a, again a really strong scene on a bus there is a scene on a uh, on a plane that's really fantastic. Um, another set around a waterfall, which I'm, I'm not even going to spoil, but is just ludicrous. More motorcycle scenes, all phenomenal. One of the reasons that they are so kind of impressive is also the thing that's going to divide people on this. The camera work is a problem for many. This is one of those single take films, um, or rather, designed to look like a single take. It's it's edited together, I would say, a little bit more sloppily than the likes of 1917. It's often clear where the edits are taking place. Um, you're constantly going from a handheld camera to a drone shot to etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. And in the execution, I really enjoyed watching how the camera was just constantly following what's going on, like to watch characters kind of going through a city having all these really well choreographed fights, and then to get onto an aeroplane, fly up into the air, more fights in the plane, and then eventually to parachute down onto the ground or into a different place, which is meant to be North Korea, by the way, like the story really goes places. Even if it is uh, an illusion, it's such a such an incredibly clever illusion that they've done. And it's such a bizarre idea. They could have done... The night comes for us. You know, they could have done The Raid and uh, just done a really intense action movie. And I would have loved that too. And I, I think it would actually have made it a lot more popular. Instead, Chung Byung-gil has chosen to make this very strange technical experiment that I don't know if he knew how divisive it was going to be, but some people really could not watch this, including the uh, the knowledgeable Stig from the Modern Escapism podcast, who, um, if you like your letterbox, you should, uh, you should follow him. Um, because uh, he watches a a lot of movies and and has a lot of good opinions about them. Uh, He turned this off after 30 minutes and uh, cited the camera work as as the main reason and and said he couldn't believe I gave this uh, five stars. I have to say, I gave this five stars because I had five stars worth of fun watching it. I don't necessarily think it's a five-star movie. My, My letterbox is reflective only of how much fun I'm having watching movies. I don't really... To be honest, I kind of forget other people are watching, you know, might look at my score. So um you may well have that reaction as well. So just take a look at this movie and some trailers, watch a bit of it. I think if if you can't get on with the camera work, it's a real shame because there's so much fun to be had Um and uh, it's just so bonkers. I saw one review of this that simply said, Hollywood is going to be stealing shots from this for years. And that's so true. And I'm going to be so angry when I see... uh you know, some uh, movie with, I don't know, Ryan Reynolds and The Rock or something. And they've taken one of the sequences from this and filmed it in the same way and everyone's going crazy for it. And uh, I'm thinking, well, that was Carter. There is genius at work in this, but it's uh, it's also completely balmy. The other thing is that the story and the, the lore exposition parts are bad. There, there was a part with um, some kind of an American agent, just like explaining things to Carter for like 10 minutes. Um, that was just painful, but you know, you're not here for the story. And I wondered also if some of those long waffly conversations are there because behind the scenes, somebody is getting getting something ready, um, the next bit of stunt work, you know, the, the equipment or changing a costume or something like that. The movie escalates to more and more uh, absurd set pieces and events. I mean, man with a bomb in his mouth. Running around fighting people is already pretty good. It was way beyond that. You've completely forgotten about the bomb in the mouth by the time you're an hour in. The genre is going from espionage thriller to action horror to this kind of geopolitical MacGuffin hunt to who knows what. There is uh, a virus going on that kind of turns people into zombies, but like self-aware ones where they've got guns and they're coming after you, which has like started to take over North Korea. And so they won't let you know. They're, they're trying to stop them coming into South Korea. I suppose there's probably some political like examination going on there as well. This is both a very confusing film, and I do not have the requisite knowledge to like attempt to take that on. Um, but suffice to say, it, it involves North Korean you know military characters and uh, and the story ends up there as well. It it, it really is um it really is mad. Uh, but it's just so fun. The fights are so good. Where else are you going to see this stuff? this year you know a lot of people sneered at this movie if you don't like the camera work fine but some people have, have really uh, stuck the boot in with it and, and I think you know most of the time with Netflix you're getting the grey man you're getting Kate you know you, you're getting really nothing special just this kind of churn of, of quite average um, action and here is like this weird thing that you're not going to see anywhere else this year of this, this man this is Chung girl who just has absolutely no restraints on him um, I'm just so glad this exists. But uh, another uh, another caveat for me, I would say this is too long. Is that an hour and no, it's two hours and twenty minutes. This would be a good hour forty-five minute movie. Get the the good fight scenes in there and um, and do some editing. Obviously, I realise that the the way the movies made doesn't really lend itself to that. But if he was to do a director's cut um, that maybe would forego the the one take gimmick and he could just kind of get this down to an hour and 45, I think that would um, maybe get a few more people watching it. But I mean, as I watched this, it went from a three-star to a five-star, and I was just grinning for the last hour as one ridiculous thing happened after another. I absolutely loved it. Um, Like I say, a three-star movie, but I had a five-star time with it. Grab a beer and some crisps, stick it on, hope you don't get motion sickness, and um, enjoy yourself. It's a lot of fun. Finally, Kingmaker. Kingmaker. Uh, this is a political drama film uh, written and directed by Sung hyun It, uh, at the box office, currently is at the 10th place among all the Korean films released in the year 2022, with a gross of over six million bucks. Uh, it was second at the box office at one point, and it stars Sol Kyung-gu, a very good actor who was in Public Enemy, Peppermint Candy, Memoir of a Murderer, uh, recently The Quite Poor Yaksha. Um, as uh, Kim Eun-byum. Uh, Lee Sung kyun uh, one of my faves. Uh, he was in Parasite, obviously, as the posh dad. He was in My Mister, uh, Dr. Brain. He was in Jo Per Ho. Uh, Dawning Rage as Seo Chang-te, Tae, is a, a political strategist. You've also got uh, Yu Che myung who was in Voice of Silence and Itaewon class as Kim Jung-ho. Uh, Cho Jin, one of my favorites, uh, who was in Happiness, Hard Hit, um, he is briefly in Hunt, uh, as is every other um, South Korean male actor, uh, I suppose. Mr. Sunshine, uh, Seobok, Cho Woo-jin, uh, I think really uh, just ex- experiencing an amazing moment in his career at the moment. Uh, he's very good at this kind of, you know, quite steely, badass uh, role where he's a, he's an agent or he's behind the scenes. Uh, but he was also very good as a, a stressed out dad with a bomb in his car in hard hit. Um, I think this guy has yet to really show us, uh, show us exactly how far his, you know, his range goes. And in this, he plays director E. Uh, you've also got Park in Juan, uh, who is the, the hapless Catholic priest in Thirst. He's also the, uh, uh, the patriarchal zombie, in the odd family and he plays Kang Insan. In this movie you're in Kangwon uh, Province in 1961. Seo Chang-dae sees this street speech by a politician called Kim un Basically Chang-dae decides to join his campaign and uh, get him to be elected to the National Assembly with these uh, clever election strategies that he comes up with. Seo Chang-dae believes that if you want to change the world then first you have to win. And so He's trying to get uh, Kim Won Byung to uh, basically be a presidential candidate uh, with this kind of line, this utilitarian approach uh, that we're going to win, and then we can do all the good stuff. We can change the world. We can make people happy. So Kingmaker is kind of apparently based on the anecdotal relationship of a real life politician called Kim Tae Jung and his election aide, Um Chang Rok. It's kind of playing uh, fast and loose. Uh, a little bit with the politics of the period. But uh, yeah, the the phrase political drama probably makes this sound quite serious. I think the subject and performances are are serious and earnest. The movie's tone is very entertaining. This is intended for entertainment, for mass consumption. And there is a fast plot that keeps you hooked. It's taking the the political kind of context and uh, anecdotal history of the time and turning it into this um, th- this very digestible fun product. Many of these kind of episodes of what happens are based on true stories. Kind of feels like a fun airport novel period piece put to film. It focuses on the characters' relationships. Uh, both the performances are really strong. It shows them as masters of the negative election. Questions about whether the the means can be justified for the end um, when uh, when you are trying to place a political candidate. It's also got these great visuals that recall photos from uh, the 60s and 70s. Like the photography is genuinely beautiful. Every time I was just like looking at it, looking at the screen, it did look like, you know, the lighting is kind of different in old photos. And they somehow capture that on screen without, you know, making it too look too kind of filtered or fuzzy or anything like that. Um, something about this movie it is like you're just looking into the time period. I don't know how, you know, in Korea and how much discussion there's been around this, but um, not a lot of people outside of Korea seem to be really talking about this movie this year. And I think there should be, at the very least, talk around um, how they've made it look so so gorgeous. And the, the mise en scene, I don't know if I'm even saying that properly, um, is lush as well. Um, there's lots of these amazing cluttered desks um, and beautiful interiors. There are all these restaurants. Um, you're seeing kind of the the campaign offices where they're working it's just a feast for the eyes um, in ways that normally you, you'd have to go to a you know a Park Chan a Kim Ji-won kind of period piece it's also one of the best places to see a, a terrific recent performance by these two leading men Seol Kyung-gu has been quite busy this year uh, he had a, a lot of films out in the first part of the year very strong in this And even if you aren't really across the the politics of the time, the plot is so kind of zippy and the campaign strategies they come up with are so ingenious um, that you just sort of appreciate them for their innate cleverness. Um, you, You can't tear your eyes away, or at least I couldn't. Loved this movie. Uh, uh, Lots of the best set pieces are about some idea they came up with to undermine a rival or last minute they turn the public opinion around, things like that. And then you're seeing the the rivals, kind of campaign managers dealing with it. And um, yeah, very, very satisfying in that way. A highly entertaining film. Um, So yeah, Kingmaker. Out of the three, you might not have heard of this one. Uh, And it also, um, it snuck out at the beginning of the year because it was actually delayed from last year as well. So uh, easy for it to get lost in the shuffle, especially as we start to get towards the end of the year. Um, Don't miss it, I say. It's probably, overall, it's probably the the best made movie of the three today. There are lots of other episodes of k Botak you can check out. Um, That includes uh, films such as Decision to Leave, amazing film by Park Chan-wook recently. Uh, k-dramas like the extraordinary attorney Woo. You can also follow the show on at kbotakpod, that's at k-b-o-t-a-k-p-o-d on Twitter and Instagram. Retweets and shares are much appreciated, and best of all, if you like the show, please subscribe and leave a review. Thanks for listening.